Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Command Space. We're back again for a second time this week. So we had our special episode with Marco Arment um, yesterday. And now I am back with fellow 5x5 host, actually, Mr. Jim Darrenpool. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? Very well, sir. How are you? I'm good. It wasn't that long ago that, that we just did a show. I know. But we, when we had you, you, you killed the bro show. I did. It was only a few weeks ago. And uh, we had a couple of things come up in that show that I thought would be good to save for another time. And I wanted to get you on as soon as possible to speak about these things. Well, I'm happy you did. I, I really enjoy it. Oh, thank you very much, sir. So, yes, your first time on the new show. I hope that we don't have to, to rename again. <laughs> yeah, well, if I kill another show, you can't have me back on. No, I think at that point, as nice as you are and as much as I like speaking to you, if you kill another one of my shows, <laughs> I just don't think I can have you back. Uh, so it's coming up to the busy time of the year for you now. Well, one of yeah. the busy times. I mean, we're expecting um, in a couple of weeks' time to have the Apple event, and we're going to talk a little bit about stuff like that um, in a bit. But um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today um, is kind of what it takes, like a, a day in the life of, of Jim Darrenborn and what it takes to put the stories together and stuff like that and, and how you get the loop published every day. Um, so I sort of wondered, do you have like a system? Like what is your system for collecting news stories? Do you use an RSS reader or do you just surf to your website? It's like how, how do you go about collecting that stuff up? Well, there, there's a couple of ways. I mean, I definitely use an RSS reader um, for the site. I uh, I use Reader, and I use that on the, the iPhone as well as my Mac and the iPad. Um, but I, I have things split up into different folders. My, my most important folder is called Jim, and those are the sites that I really enjoy reading myself. Yeah. Uh, so those are typically the ones that I'm going to enjoy, uh, you know, linking to as well. So that would include sites like Gruber and and Marco, uh, Sean Blong, uh, Matt Alexander. You know, these types of of personalized sites. Really, you know, it's not it's not the big companies it's not the media conglomerates that that are in that folder and those are are truly the sites that if i was going to go on the internet and just surf around that's where i would end up going was to these sites um and you know oftentimes i i find really interesting things to post um and you know link back to them yeah so that's a, a big part of what I do. Readers send me a lot of things, uh, either on Twitter or in email, that they found interesting and, and you know, think that I would and, and the readers would. Uh, so, you know, going through that stuff is, is important, too, because it, it's, it's funny. When the reader sends something, it's usually a, a good link, you know, a good story, because they read the site. They know what they like. So they're trying to, you know, to help me and point to uh, an interesting story as well. And 90% of the time, those links are, are really interesting, and I'll, I'll use those as well. So would you, you would kind of go to the sort of the um, single voice websites, um, then you would look at, I'd say, I'd take your email, and then if there's nothing really there taking your fancy, you would then go out to maybe places like The Verge and All Things D? Uh, no, not not so much those sites. I mean, I, I find you'll find a lot more stuff on on Twitter uh, these days than than what I would find going and and uh, to a website. I actually don't like going to a lot of people's websites uh, just because uh, they're so packed full of stuff that I just find it annoying to try and and make it through. You know, they've got boxes here and and lists of stories over there and you know it, it's hard to figure out what you really want to read which is kind of why i like the rss reader and certainly those personalized websites i mean those you know it's very easy to figure out what you're going to read yeah like i of, of those sort of larger sites now the only one that i read is the verge i figure really you only need one of these sorts of sites in your life you know like the virgin and gadget and stuff 
Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I it, it's tough, you know, when when you go from reading a site like um, Daring Fireball that's that's so clean, and and all of the sites uh, like that uh, that are, are clean. You you understand where the where the story is and where the ad is, and and you start you know going through and and enjoy reading some of the interesting stories. Um, and then to go to a site that's just jam packed full of stuff from one side to the other, that's it, it's a hard adjustment. And I'll even read stories. Um, you know, Sean Blanc might post something and Gruber might post the same thing, but I'll read them both because they both have different perspectives on it. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the difference between reading, um, you know, a site like the loop or, or uh, fireball or, or Sean and, uh, and reading uh, a media company site because they're going to write a story and the story is going to be, you know, void of any, any kind of opinion or, um, a lot of times, even facts, <laughs> you know, or anything that's really interesting. I find the big media sites uh, or companies will, will strip out of a story, and that's the stuff that I like the most. So that's why I don't end up reading them. I do have a folder, uh, a Mac folder, where I have sites like uh, uh, Mac Rumors and, and Apple Insider and Mac World. Um, and you know that's just to just to see what's going on you know i I often link to well those three sites and and others in the the mac community um but those are all in a in a separate folder so my you know my personalized writers that I like to follow are all in one spot so I can easily find them so I can't do that anymore especially with the um the Apple News. I used to have a folder called Apple, um, and it would have like um, it would have like your site. Then it would have like Mac Rumors, Tuar, um, uh, Mac Stories, places like that. But now it's down to three. I, I have you, um, I have Mac Rumors, and I have Mac Drifter in there. Gabe at Mac Drifter. Oh yeah, um, I, I follow Gabe as well. I can't. I can't deal with anymore. Like I used to have a couple of like, even just a couple more. But it gets to a point where it's just the same articles. I mean, and that doesn't. I don't. I wouldn't say that's from you because I still. I think that even though there's a few of you at the loop, it still has that sort of single voice, and you spread out a bit more. But I just for for sort of Apple News, yours is kind of the only site that I want to go for it to anymore because otherwise it's just the same articles flying around all day. Well, I appreciate that. I I really do, and and yeah, I I it seems that more people are doing that we're yeah, ending off our largest month ever in the the history wow. of the site well, congratulations uh, jim yeah so that's you know that's huge for us um and i'm i'm very pleased about that because i think that you know this month we did some some really good work and you know there was a lot of original content and of course there's a lot of snarky things in there as well um you know, I enjoy doing that, though. So I, I, it's it's been it's been very interesting, and I've had uh, a number of people say that they've they're really enjoying the site. They just found it and they're enjoying it. So you know, um, it's it's great to know. Is it the it's, Apple Samsung stuff? Do you think? Not not entirely. That's that's what's interesting about it. It's uh, it's been a variety of things, and you know that's that's something I've tried to do is to post a variety of things. You know, my, my philosophy is when, when it comes right down to it, if I enjoy it, then there's no reason that I shouldn't post it. So, you know, the other day I wrote about, um, why I like Randy Rhodes and Zach Wild. you know, but, uh, right after that, I wrote about the Apple Samsung trial and innovation and patents and things like that. So, you know, there's, there's a little bit for everybody in there. Um, and I, I think that's important. You know, I, I, I am a musician, I'm a guitar player and I like, I love to talk about that. So every once in a while I'll post that. I posted a video of Eric Clapton and BB King the other day. Um, you know, other people don't post that kind of stuff, 
because that's not their interest. But people know it's mine, and those stories are, are very well read. People enjoy those. Uh, and it's it's just my perspective on things. So, you know, those stories, maybe they're not, not as well read as, you know, the verdict for the Apple Samsung stories, but, you know, very little things are. But for me, it's not a race to be first. You know, I, I don't, I don't care about being first anymore. Um, I'm out of that kind of rat race. And, and that feels good because now I can post something and put my, my opinion down there so you'll know how I feel about it. And, you know, that's, that's what's important. You mentioned earlier about um, how you find stories on Twitter. Um, how does Twitter and RSS compare for you? Um, I mean, I, I want to frame this in the idea that people are saying that RSS is dead. How do you feel about that? RSS is far from dead, I think. Um, I, I still use RSS a lot. Um, and it's... I, I follow, I, I think, maybe six or 700 people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The problem with Twitter is that if you're not always watching it, a story could, you know, fly right by. So it's important to have RSS as well because if a an important story or a funny story or something that I'm interested in flies by on Twitter and I don't see that and it's in RSS, then, you know, I'm I'm safe. I caught it. And then I can post that. So I use them both. Um, you know, when people contact me on Twitter, people probably contact me more on Twitter than email uh, to send me links that they found interesting. And, you know, I check them out. So a lot of people send me articles that they themselves wrote, and I read those. I try and read uh, everything that, that people send me and, you know, give them my feedback on it, like, you know, no, I don't agree with you. I, I think you're wrong. Or, you know, it was a great article. And they appreciate that. Uh, you know, a lot of times they're just looking for feedback and they're, they're not looking for a link or they're not looking for, for anything, just, you know, what I thought of it. And I think that's important to do. You know, I, I enjoy feedback on my articles as well. So, you know, and if it's a really good one, then I link it. You know, and that's uh, and let other people read it. I think that sort of stuff's good for the. I don't know if ecosystem's the right word, but it's definitely good for the community that someone like you will take the time to to read. You know, somebody who maybe only has one person a day visit his site, and that's his brother. You know, it's. I think it's a good thing to have someone like yourself who's willing to to do that. I think it's really important. Well, there are a lot of smart people out there, and everybody has an opinion. It doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, a CEO of a company or, you know, a, a guy that that uses his Mac at home or his iPhone. You've got an opinion. It, one is no smarter than the other. Uh, they just do different things. That that shouldn't matter. Um, and if somebody takes the time to email me or, um send me a link on Twitter, the least I can do is take the time to respond. You know, I, I mean, sometimes it's difficult, and I, I know that sometimes I do miss them because they, you know, zoom by on on Twitter faster than, than I can keep up some days. Um, but, you know, given the time, I, I save them in, um, in Instapaper, mm-hmm. which is another big part of my workflow. And... You know, when I when I get a chance, I I do read them. So you have, I assume, a huge Instapaper queue. <laughs> I, I try and keep it clean. I really do. Um, it's not as big as what you might think, because uh, you know, a number of times a day, I'll go in and clean out things that uh, I've used and that I don't need anymore. And eventually, you know, as you as you scroll down your queue, it you see something that was from two or three days ago that you haven't gotten to yet. And I just say, ah, that's, that's gone now. Yeah. So, you know, delete it and don't worry about that one anymore. So I, I do try and keep it clean. So, but 
but it, it's it's funny, you know, without Instapaper, um, I, it would be much more difficult to do what I what I do because you know I used to uh, bookmark things, and that just gets crazy with bookmarks mm. trying to do that. And then I used to drag them and use bookmarklets, and you do all this kind of crazy stuff. But Instapaper has just made it. Um, very easy for me. Even things that I'm not sure that that I want to write about, I'll save. You know, I'll I'll click the read later on my bookmarks bar, and then when I'm done, I'll go back to Instapaper and start taking a look through, and then I'll decide. Um, no, I don't want that one after all. And yes, this one was was good. I wasn't sure, but yes, I do like this one, so I'm going to post that. And the next time I go back to Instapaper, I'll delete that one, and you know, just keep going. And that's that's what my day is like. But, you know, a lot of people, it's strange. A lot of people think that, you know, your day is just kind of sitting around and, you know, you have coffee and you can <laughs> do what you like. And it's not like that. You know, th- this is my job. This is my, I make a living doing this. So, I, and I, I take the work that I do really seriously. And so I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm at work. I, I go and, you know, last night it was 3 a.m. and I was still going, you know, and that's, that's what it's like. A lot of days for me is just not because, you know, I, there's, I'm overworked and all that kind of stuff. I love what I do. You know, I could cut off at five o'clock and say, okay, that's it. No more for me today. But I have a, a real hard time doing that because I like to stay on top of things. And, you know, part of that is, I, I guess, making sure that, that I'm always in touch. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing and posting all the time. So, it's a, well, we're pleased that you do. <laughs> My wife isn't. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Um, what... How do you post to the loop? Do you use any apps, or do you like do you post straight into a browser? Like, how does how do you t- how do you take care of that? Well, um, an app that I've been using for a long, long time, <clears throat> uh, Mars Edit from Daniel Jalkin, uh, Red Sweater Software. Um, Daniel is a, is a a great coder, uh, a friend, and you know somebody that that I have a lot of respect for. And I've used the app for years, really. Um, depending on how things are going, if we're doing major server stuff or uh, like we have for the past month, we've done some some major back-end changes to the site. And in that case, I, I may just go straight into WordPress um, and, and you know start posting from there, make sure everything works properly. Uh, but I really like Mars Edit as well. I wish Mars Edit was available on uh, on the iPad. Yeah, I, th- I thought that he was working on that. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I mean, there, you know, there's all kinds of apps and things, and it's getting better, the apps that are available on the iPad. Uh, but there's certain developers out there, uh, and everybody has these developers, that they really like and trust. And you know, Daniel is is one that I really like and trust. Yeah. So you would just be more comfortable using the app that he creates. If yeah, definitely. I mean, if he made an app and said, "Here's here's the uh, Mars Edit version for the iPad," I would just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> no questions asked because I trust him. You know, he's he's a great guy, and I know that he makes quality uh, products. And you know, there's, there's, a, I, I know a lot of developers that are great guys, but they can't code for, shit, you know. So it, it's difficult to. Well, it's not difficult for me. I just tell them, but um, it's difficult sometimes when somebody asks you for a recommendation and the person is your friend. Um, but you have to be, as a writer, I have to be honest and say, no, I don't think I would get that one. You know, you might want to try this one from Daniel. <laughs> Because it's better. And I've recommended apps like Mars Edit and Instapaper and, you know, the things that I use every day. Reader. I, I love that stuff. And now you mentioned that you're using WordPress. And I'm sure that your 
blogging system of choice has changed over the years um, as you've you know, moved to your own site from working on uh, bigger sort of publications. Is there anything you would like to see change in the future? Like, do you have a, like a system that you would prefer to be able to use or like, you know, what, what, what would be the ideal situation for there for you or does WordPress fulfill everything? You know, it really doesn't. And as much as I like WordPress, and, and you're absolutely right, I've tried, I think, every major uh, system that's out there. <clears throat> um, WordPress, movable type, uh, even the, the hosted ones, Blogger and uh, WordPress.com and everything, everything that I could get my hands on over the years, I've, I've tried. And the problem that that I have is not so much, I don't think maybe with what they're doing, but the fact that they try and offer so much makes it difficult for somebody like me who just wants a simple system. And that's what I want right now. I just want a simple system that, you know, the server will be able to serve as fast as possible. And I think what, what new publishers get caught up in, and I did too. This is how I know. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, I'm beyond all of this. I was dead in the center of it. Um, we get caught up in, in trying to add features to the site. You know, we want related items, and we want something over in the sidebar, and, you know, the header should move, and something has to be down here. But... When I when I did the redesign of the site last year, one of the things that I did was go over the old site and ask myself, why is this here? And 90% of the things that I had on the pages, there was absolutely no good reason to have them there. So I took them out. And, and what you see on the loop now is the site that I have. When you take a, an engine like WordPress and you have a simple site like I have, it's actually too much. There's too much going on for in the background with WordPress, you know, either with scripts or PHP, that it's actually more cumbersome than if I just had some kind of a flat file system. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's what I, I think WordPress for me is missing. If they had another version of WordPress or a version where you could turn off a lot of the stuff that, that isn't needed. I, I really like that. I would like to, to find, you know, a system that I could do the site exactly the way I do it now, but just be a basic flat file system. And I, I, I haven't really been able to find one that I've been happy with. Maybe, you know, one, tell me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I have a sponsor. <laughs> now I know I can't sort of let this section move off without me talking about our sponsor that week this week and that's Squarespace. Now I know that you've tried Squarespace in the past, Jim, and have had good things to say about them, but you know, for for a site like yours, it maybe needs some some additional things before it can it can be ready. And Squarespace six, there are some stuff that they, that the Squarespace guys are still going to do to make it, you know, more accessible uh, for someone like yourself. And that's like a lot of their behind the scenes stuff, like their code um, center and, and things like that, the developer code center, which is something that they're still working on sort of opening up to the public. And once they do, it may, you know, make something, make Squarespace an even more viable platform for somebody like yourself. But, if you're looking to start a blog, um, then really you you should look no further than Squarespace. Um, you know, Jim was talking about the difficulties that he had in trying to get the site to look the way that he wanted, um, you know, having to dig in and, and mess through some code to cut out X, Y, and Z. And with Squarespace, you don't need to do that. They have absolutely fantastic, beautifully designed templates. Um, they come all built in with responsive web design, so your site looks best on no matter whatever device you're using. Everything is scaled down and moved around perfectly, so your site still remains its, with its characteristics and the design that you've implemented, but in the best possible way. It doesn't change everything completely and, and slap on this ugly mobile interface. It keeps your design 
um, and the elements that you've chosen and just makes it look the best it can for the device that you're using. Um, they have a drag and drop interface for their layout engine, which is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You just add blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media content like Twitter, Instagram, and many, many more. So you can just drag in these elements like on my own personal web page. I've dragged in um, a Twitter block so it can automatically show my tweets. The great thing about Squarespace is it allows you to not have to worry about um, your hosting because it's all They've got rock-solid hosting built in. Squarespace sites don't go down no matter who links to you. Um, you don't have to worry about learning code and stuff like that to design. They give you WYSIWYG design tools so you're able to make those changes yourself in the easiest way possible, all live in the browser, and you can see them as they're updating. I really love Squarespace, and I want you to try it out. Um, plans start from as little as $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 for the unlimited plan. But if you sign up for an annual plan, not only do you get a free custom domain name, you get 20% off. And if you sign up for two years, you get 25% off. And if you use the offer code 70 decibels 8 that's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-8, you'll get an additional 10% off at checkout. And I want to give you a two-week free trial so you can go try Squarespace out for your next project. Um, go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels, no credit card. You just sign up with a username and password and you're ready to go for two weeks. I want to thank Squarespace for their continued support of Command Space. So yeah, I think, you know, this is obviously out of the sponsor, but I think for people starting out personally, I, I think Squarespace works effortlessly. Well, I... I bought an account at Squarespace. Yeah. <clears throat> so I tried the the trial. Uh I I was in the um uh, version 6 beta and went through and did uh you know a lot of the tests and stuff on that. I really like the service. Like the, I mean you brought up some some key points that there's there's no guessing about how things are going to get done. You know, it's very easy. It's all using uh, a graphical interface. So it's kind of just like using your computer. It's There's no, uh, you know, nothing is really difficult. So lots of magic in the background. And that's a good thing. Indeed. Now, Jim, I want to talk a little bit um, before we move on um, about your membership on The Loop. Now, when you, when you rebranded The Loop... Um, and, and stripped it back and, and sort of took, took the site back to its roots. You, you put in a membership program where people can pay um, and they get access. Not only, well, the main thing is they're supporting you um, and, and supporting Peter as well um, to, to continue creating for the site. But, you know, they also get a full text RSS feed as well as like you sort of, you know, this is your thank you for doing it. Um, now we've been talking quite a bit on this on the reincarnation of the show on Command Space. Um, we were talking with um, Ben and with Sean about uh, memberships and sort of how they've been going with their different respective um, takes on that. And I just wondered how the Loop membership was going. Like, is it still successful for you? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I I, I didn't want to offer a whole lot of things for members. And I didn't do that on purpose. Not that I don't want to give people, you know, treats or something, but I I wanted people to understand that their membership is support for independent writers. You know, I don't work for for a company. I work for myself. And I, I put in a lot of long hours and you know, I have a, a wife and two kids and two dogs, and I'm a real person. You know, I'm not just a, a byline. And and I think people really took to that. People understood that for $3 a month that they were helping to support um, the writing that goes on in the website. And and it does help. There's I, I get new, new uh, members every day. So... When when I made a a big server transition, you know it, it's a costly thing to do. You know when your when your traffic starts to rise, and uh, you know you you start getting linked more, and and people are coming in, you need servers that are going to be able to handle that. 
and those don't come cheap. No. So, you know, I, I, I made the move and I paid the money and it's, it's the member money that is helping to make that happen. So, you know, thank you everybody. So is the, the membership currently, is it, it's, it is sufficiently supporting the site to, you know, for you on a full-time basis? Um, yeah, I mean the, the, sir, uh, the, the member money would probably easily pay for, you know, the servers and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's, like I said, that's a, that's a good thing. It's good to have that, that extra income and people have, have said in the past, you know, do you have a PayPal account? We'd like to, you know, just give you some money. And I always said no, but then I I rethought it when I when I relaunched the site and did away with all well, you know, ninety nine percent of the advertising. Um, I I rethought that and and put up the member if they, if they want to do it, and you know a lot of people did. Good. I'm glad that is continuing to be to be successful for you. Yeah. Now, a couple of things I want to talk with you about today before um, before the end of the show. So one thing is, now you are a, a man with good sources. I think that's fair to say when it comes to the Apple world, um, or at least it would appear oh. that you do. Otherwise, you just have impeccable guesswork. <laughs> um, and there's one thing that I kind of wanted to frame this around, and I want to get your... I just want to ask you a few questions about it if you're okay. Obviously, I'm not going to ask you to name your sources as much as obviously I would love them as well as everybody else. Um, you posted uh, one of your infamous Yep posts um, uh, on a link to Anantech where they were talking about the fact that from their perspective, they did not believe uh, that there would be NFC in the next iPhone Um Basically, the the headline: No NFC on the, on the new iPhone. Block quote. Yep. So this is uh, you saying that you believe, or you are aware, or, or you know you've uh, looked into the crystal ball and can see that there's not going to be NFC support on the next iPhone. Now, you know you can. I'm not asking you to answer this question. I will take it as um, for just for the purposes of this argument. I will take it as you knew that information. So. If you know something like this or things that you've known in the past, like a, a juicy secret, like let's say weeks before anybody else does, you know the date of an event or something like that, for example, can it be difficult to hold on to that information like and not slip up? Or are you pretty good at, at, at remembering what's secret and what's not? Uh, I'm, I think now I'm, I'm pretty good at... Uh at knowing what I can say and what I can't say, because usually when I talk in public, I don't say anything. Yeah, that's a that's a very good way to deal with it, because otherwise you would undoubtedly slip up. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're the the type of person that likes to brag about what you know and what you don't know, um, then yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for you, and you, and you will slip up. Um, Typically, I I don't I don't talk about Apple stuff, you know, because I don't want to slip up. Mm-hmm. I can't have, I can't slip up. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. It's not really that difficult for me though, um, because you know I have in my head what's what's happening and what I can and can't talk about, and and I know how much I want to say too. Yeah. And, you know, typically that's not very much. Uh, even uh, Dan Benjamin this morning on the podcast asked me if I wanted to elaborate on, on anything. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Carry on. No. Well, I, I said all I wanted to say. So, you know, the, the, there are, are times when a rumor gets out of hand when I say no, you know, that this isn't true. When I, I, you know, it's it's so crazy, but it's still being picked up by mainstream media, and uh, you know, in that case, I'll I'll step up and put my two cents worth in. Um, other times, 
you know, like with the uh, the NFC, uh, you know, everybody was saying that it was going to come because of these pictures and all that kind of stuff. Well, I knew it wasn't. So, okay, it's time to say it. Do you feel that it's like a duty that you have? Like you just figure, I can stop this very simply, so maybe I should? Uh, well, you know, not like a marine duty or anything like that, you know? You're like the Robin uh, Hood. Of- <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there there are times when, when I just let them go because – yeah, it, some of the things are just so out there that you know nobody's going to believe them, or at least you think that they're not. So it it does get interesting to to watch how it goes. But you know, I'm not going to sit back and you know have the the site just be yep, nope, yep. You know, yeah. I mean, you, sometimes things just have to run their course. Yeah, it's it's good to reserve that as well, right? Because um, we we like, you know, I mean, in the blogosphere or whatever, we get excited when we see you saying <laughs> something like that because then we can take it as golden. So we don't want you doing it like twice a day every day. Well, no, I mean, I actually did it. I think I did it twice this month, you know. And and uh, but usually, yeah, usually it's um, I, I reserve that. It's you know, every couple of months or something, I might uh, say something. And, you know, I, I, I think it's important that that people trust the word, you know, that it's either going to happen or it isn't going to happen. Um, there was a, a, a UK site, I forget the name of it, it was a mobile site where they said in July that they could exclusively reveal that Apple was going to have an event on August the 7th. And I thought, well, that's silly. Nobody's going to believe that. But everybody started writing about it. And I, I thought, wow. That, no, that's not going to happen. And more people were writing about it. So finally I just came out and said, nope. Yeah. You know, that's that's not going to happen. So... And it, and it didn't. Either that or I missed the event on August the 7th. <laughs> um, and with, along with the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure uh, uh, what what it is that uh, the event that they had, but I didn't go. So, sounds like a wolf's coming in to get you. I hope you're yeah, okay. I, I know. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's there's situations like that, um, you know, that I, I like to do, but for the most part, I just like to sit back and, you know, do my thing. I think like, um, especially, especially recently, and maybe in the past, John Gruber, when he writes these long posts, like he he wrote his post recently about some more faults about the um, this uh, a smaller iPad. Um, he kind of he he will mention in his posts, you know, I have some information that allows me to make some some of these, you know, um, some information that will allow me to to make to to base these ideas, um, and some is conjecture. But he he you know he he does actually will will go for and sort of say oh. Um, I've got some information which is helping me inform this decision and we'll write pieces based on some of the tips that he might find out and, and not always go into exact detail what they are but can can say that they're there to base up his arguments and to back them up. Do you ever feel like you want to write pieces like that or do you ever write pieces like that? Yeah, once in a while I, I write pieces like that. You know, I mean, we... John John's been around for a long time. I've been around for a long time and we have our own sources. I mean, I have no idea whose John's sources are and he doesn't know who mine is. Mine are. I I don't I don't tell John and he doesn't tell me. I don't ask John. He doesn't ask me, you know. But I mean, he gets his information and, you know, he he writes his stuff and oftentimes uh, more so probably uh, last year, I would write, you know, here's what I think is going to happen. Uh, 
as opposed to just doing a yup like I do now. And I'm not sure why that is. I really have excuse me, I really have no need, you know, to be the first one with a story. Uh and I don't think John does either, which you know, I think makes us a bit unique in, in that respect because John will write out his thoughts and you know it is what it is. Here's here's the story, and that's that's kind of the way that I look at it too. I'll I'll write when I'm ready to write, or I'll I'll say yep to something when I'm ready to, and you know the readers. I think that the readers appreciate that because it doesn't come off as if it's a race to uh, you know get something out there quickly. So. It ends up working for us. I, I don't know if that would work for everybody or not. No, but it, it does. I mean, it's not it's, it's not necessarily about you being first with something. We, we actually, you know, I believe that a lot of your readers and John's readers, we come to your sites for your opinions, um, and, and that's what's most important. You know, many, many people have written about the what they think the next iPad's going to be, the smaller iPad. Yeah. You know, we we kind of want to hear what John has to say. Um, you know, not just necessarily the rumors. And when John goes in depth with something, he really goes in depth with it. Yeah. I mean, I you know, you can just picture him there with his calculator. <laughs> um, you know, mocking up uh, a design for an iPad. You know, and that's that's kind of funny. And see, I don't do that. I, I'll go with my opinion, but I'm not going to sit sit down and start figuring out dimensions and things like that. So you know that's unique to him, and and good for him. Indeed. Um, there's one before we before we wrap up. I wanted to 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 talk about a piece that you'd written um, in regards to the um, Apple and Samsung lawsuit. Um, it's entitled Firma Nuclear, um, and it was based around the quote from Steve Jobs. Uh, from Walter Isaacson's book, where Jobs says, I'm going to destroy Android because it's a stolen product. I'm willing to go thermonuclear war on this. Now, um, you were kind of talking um, about, you know, they went after Samsung because of the the blatant copying, which we've spoken, you know, which you've spoken about in various places. But I wanted to sort of, I wanted to ask you a question, something that I've been thinking about, and I think that you sort of talk a bit, you know, sort of mention this and allude to this in your piece as well. Um, do you think that the Apple Samsung thing is the start of Apple going after Android OEM sort of company by company, building enough legal precedents before trying to take down Android? Yeah, well, there are many ways that Apple can go thermonuclear on Google. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to attack Google directly. You know, they can they can eat away at their uh their ecosystem and never touch Google. Interesting. You know, and I, I think Jobs when he he said that to Eric Smith I definitely think he was serious, but I mean, Jobs and Apple, you know, they're they're very well schooled on on how to make things work and how to make things happen. And, and you know, I don't know if people were expecting that Apple would get out of this trial and then you know the next day start suing Google. I don't think that that will happen. Mm. But I, the way that Google came out of of the trial and said that, you know, these patents were all about Samsung. They had nothing to do with Google. Well, that's not true. You know, there were some patents in there that the core Android OS is violating. So, you know, and and the thing is, Google knew when they put it in the core OS that it was violating Apple's patents, but it was a cool feature like the, you know, the rubber band effect and they wanted to use it. So they did. Well, you know, that's theft. So at at some point, Google is going to have to realize that Apple does have uh, have them over a barrel. And I think a lot of the other uh, device makers, too. 
And let's not forget that Apple tried to uh, uh, negotiate with Samsung, and Samsung wouldn't wouldn't do it. So they get what they get. Now they lose a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, I know that you sort of um, you've been talking a lot about how you feel um, that it, there's been a lot of blatant copying. Um, and even the jurors themselves say that they don't believe that carte blanche should be given to a company to infringe on intellectual property. Now, I mean, these are your – you're not doing this for a character or anything. This is this is how you actually feel. Like you, you really believe that Samsung were just outright up and down straightly copying what Apple were doing. Absolutely. It's just unequivocal, you know, no, no joking, no anything else. I, I believe that Samsung did what it did um, because stealing is much easier than doing your own research and development. And they saw that the iPhone was selling well. I think that they wanted to confuse the consumer. And we know that they did confuse the consumer uh, because people said that they they bought Samsung tablets took them home thinking that they were an iPad yeah, and then brought them back. You know, so I, I think that they did it uh, on purpose. And I, I think that's wrong. I think it's wrong to take uh, somebody else's ideas and, and just copy them, just blatantly copy them and sell them as your own. And, and, to those people who think that I'm, um, you know, supporting Apple here, no, I, I don't think it's right that Apple would do that either. And if they have done that, then they should be brought to task for that. But, you know, when when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone in in 2007, I was there when he did that at the keynote, and he said he listed off all of the things that that Apple had done. And he said, we have patented it, too. So he gave fair warning to people that not only did they create all of this great stuff, all of the the great interface, but they also protected it. And they were willing to sue people who stole it from them. The biggest one was Samsung. I mean, nobody can have any doubt that the iPhone... And Samsung's phone looked exactly the same. Nobody could possibly argue that because Samsung did it purposely. They wanted it to look exactly the same. And they did. But they get caught. You know, and that's, it's unfortunate for them. It was a billion-dollar mistake. Yeah. But... You know, when you look at it the other way, Samsung actually came out of this okay too, because Samsung has sold a lot of phones. Their products are out there in front of a, a lot of people. They're the number one Android um, uh, distributor OEM in the world. So they did okay too. I mean, nobody should feel sorry for Samsung. They, uh, you know, it's like robbing a bank and and you get caught. You do a couple of years and get out and and you still have. A, Ten million dollars in the bank. You know that's kind of how Samsung got away with this, but hopefully they they will change. And you know, there's the whole innovation argument that's going on now, where where people believe that um, the, the the verdict will stifle innovation. But I, I I don't believe that. I don't believe it will. All the verdict did was tell Samsung to stop blatantly copying. And the jury, the jury said that they were willfully copying Apple. So, in other words, they knew it was wrong, but they did it anyway. The, the verdict did not say, Samsung, you're not allowed to innovate, and you have to raise your prices, and you have to cut back on the number of models that you sell. This is this is the logic that Samsung is putting out there, and unfortunately, there are some reporters that are just you know gobbling that up 
and and spitting it out and all it is is a fear tactic because there is nothing in the verdict there is nothing in the lawsuit that says that samsung can't innovate so go innovate all they said is that you can't copy do you think that microsoft are innovating with windows phone 7 um i think microsoft is doing more certainly than what Android or Samsung in that that group are like obviously Microsoft. there are some similarities, but the the actual overall look of the operating system is totally different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Microsoft is is trying. There, I, I don't know. I certainly don't agree with the uh, the conclusions that they have for how people will use um, a tablet. Uh, you know, with the Surface. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree that, you know, having a desktop app is going to be the same as um, um, uh, a, a tablet app. You can't, you can't do that. You can't take – so, but I do give Microsoft credit for um, at least thinking differently, at least trying something new. They deserve credit for that. So I give them that credit. I don't agree with them. I give them credits the same. There you go. Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure having you on the new show. Um, I'm pleased to announce that there will be an episode next week. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) We're going to be joined by uh, Mr. David Sparks, Max Sparky, um, next week. Um, so I hope that you will all be tuning back in for that episode. I promise it. Well, I can't promise this. Who never knows what's going to happen? But there is likely to be only one episode next week, not not two like this week. Um, Jim, where can people find you online if they would like to do so? What's, where's the best places? They can get me at uh, Jay Dalrymple on Twitter and loopinsight.com. Awesome. I'm iMike on Twitter, I-M-Y-K-E. If you want to follow me there, please feel free to do so. Um, Thanks very much for listening um, to this episode of Command Space. Thank you to Jim for joining us. Um, Until next time, bye-bye.